talk about 401ks. So hopefully, if you're watching this, hopefully, you know, if you're at least over the age of 25 or something like that, hopefully you've started a 401k or are about to start one. Um, definitely, you know, a helpful tool when it comes to your, you know, eventual, eventual retirement. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not the be-all, end-all of, of being able to retire and, you know, be, be wealthy once you're 59 and a half or older when you're able to pull it out without extra penalty. So here, here's a couple reasons why. So first of all, you want to have, you want to make sure you have an employer that is going to match, um, you know, at least match part of your contribution to the 401k. Hopefully they match the same amount or maybe even more than what you put in from your paycheck. So right there you get, right there you could double your investment. And then, you know, um, after that you're getting compound interest from all of the, uh, you know, the dividends. So that's all well and good. You should definitely, you know, contribute at least a little bit so you're getting a match um, and you continue to grow it. But, you know, here's the deal is that, you know, like I said, if you're not 59 and a half or older, then you're gonna get penalized significantly for, uh, you know, taking that money out of your account. Um, you could get penalized by maybe 30% or something like that. 30 to 50 percent depending on your you know existing tax bracket and you know you hear all you hear all the time about entrepreneurs you know I liquidated my 401k or you know somebody down on the luck I liquidated my 401k so if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your 401k and you know and you sell everything you clean it out then you know after taxes are taken out eventually whether you do it sooner or later, um, you know, you might be left with, you know, 60,000 or 50,000 out of that initial 100,000. Um, other things to keep in mind are there are fees that are going to be paid every month, maybe even more than, you know, maybe could be uh, every couple weeks. Fees are going to be paid for the 401k and that's going to eat away at your returns. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that the market is at an all-time high. It's it's ridiculous right now. Um, so you're paying a lot, a lot of extra money for every single share of stock or every fraction of a share of stock that you um, that you purchase. So you're buying it at a very high price, and easily, you know, in a year or two, uh, you know, the market could, you know, the market could always crash or it could go into a recession, and then all of a sudden, you know, you bought all your shares at this, you know, record high price and, you know, you've, you've lost half of your, half of your value. Again, it, it doesn't really matter that much um, until you actually go to sell your shares. Kind of just consider it imaginary money until you actually sell them. Um, actually, uh, you know, liquidate your 401k, but, you know, it, again, you, you might want to ease up on the contributions while the uh, the market is at record highs right now you know if it if it dips down and guess what that's a great time to buy so that's that's what I did you know a couple years ago the market was really uh, really struggling and I doubled my contribution sometimes tripled my contributions to you know get in on some low prices while they were available but 
here's the thing is that you can't retire or most people can't retire on just a 401k it's just not realistic these days with all of the you know medical expenses and you know retirement home expenses and just you know it's it's a lot more of an expensive world than it, than it used to be so you can't retire on just your 401k you can't retire just on social security obviously so you really need additional savings you know and maybe some other you know real estate assets you know if you don't owe too much money on those so 401k again great tool a great option you should participate in it but you know don't don't think it's like the silver bullet that's going to save you for your retirement and it, that's all you need to do and then you're taken care of or that or that you should put in a massive chunk of every single paycheck guys and gals let's talk about mortgages so mortgages are kind of a scam to uh, <laughs> for bankers to make a lot of money and also um, you know realtors of course too so I mean you know especially if, if you put down 5% or 10% or some like really low ridiculous number on your house or on your condo or on your piece of property you know, you're setting yourself up for disaster. You're setting yourself up for eventually over, you know, 15 to 30 years, whatever you sign up for, paying approximately double for the actual price of the house. So a lot of people are going to justify that by saying, oh yeah, but the proper, my, you know, my property values are going to be going up. So it's an investment. So Yes and no. I mean, if, if your property values go up, first of all, you're going to be paying more, uh, you know, more real estate tax, more property taxes every single quarter or every single year. Um, you know, if the property, um, if the value of your property, of your house or your condo, whatever it is, you know, if it does not go up, then all of a sudden you could be absolutely underwater. You know, you could owe. You know, you could owe $300,000 on a $250,000 piece of property. And, like, how does that make sense? You just got screwed. You know, you're, um, you know, it's, it's not a wise investment at that point. And, like I said, there's always, you know, additional costs involved, like, you know, repairs, uh, renovations, uh, property taxes, homeowner's insurance, um, you know, condo insurance, whatever it's going to be. Uh, so, you know, that all being said, if you do it right, then sure, you know, a mortgage is going to be a lot, uh, a lot better than, you know, actually uh, just renting for years or for decades at a time, because yeah, you'll still at least end up with something, you'll have an asset, you know, in the end. So like, and so all, all things being said, I do have a mortgage, but, um, you know, I, I put down 25%, you know, which is a solid amount to put down. Obviously, I would have put down 100% in cash if I had it. Um, that would be certainly my goal for the uh, the next 
house or the next piece of property that I uh, purchase. But, um, and I, I plan to, you know, I got an extra low, um, extra low rate because I have excellent credit and I have good, you know, uh, you know, good savings, good income, low expenses, all that good stuff. Um, so that reflects and you get a good rate. And I do plan on paying it off, you know, within the next uh, few years or so. So pay everything off five years really stops the bleeding, minimizes all of that interest you pay every month. Now I just pay extra towards the principal every month, and then I pay extra towards the principal every year. And, you know, um, you know my property has increased in value as well, about 15% in the past two years. And that wasn't even, you know, honestly, that wasn't even what I was going for. So that was just kind of a little bonus. Uh, so, you know, ideally, put down a solid amount for your uh, for your deposit on the house put down at least 20-25% get, you, get yourself in a good position pay more money every single month and then a little extra every single year towards the principal and that's really gonna you know you're gonna save tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years and make your mortgage the whole process the whole investment a lot more sound in the end Bootstrap business bosses, it's Mike Schemer, and I wanted to go over a topic that I think is uh, it's pretty important, and it's you know deciding whether to get a new car or a used car. So obviously this segment is you know called Mike's Mercedes uh, marketing musings and money musings. So I've always wanted to have a Mercedes, but I never really wanted to spend obviously the. Um, you know the minimum like $35,000, $40,000 for a brand new one. So buying used, I bought this car, it's almost perfect condition, you know only a couple years old, um, you know pretty minimal miles and I got basically half price you know I compared with CarGurus and Cars.com and everything like that. Um, you know do a little negotiation um, especially if the car is you know, been listed online for over 30 days or something like that, and you know, I ended up getting a great deal on it, and um, you know, a good cash deal as well. So if you're going to pay with cash, then you're going to get a better price, you know, initially, and you're also going to avoid all of the expensive financing options, which are just ridiculous. You know, over over the years, you're going to end up paying it. You know an extra five grand or something like that depending on what you sign up for um, or if you try to pay it off with credit cards or something which is also a, a terrible idea but um, you know you have to keep in mind that cars are you know unless you are like a you know a mechanic or you're getting a you know a classic restored car or a collectible car or something like that cars are usually the most quickly depreciating assets you know you can get so you drive a car off the lot, it, the value goes down by like 20% immediately. You drive a new car off the lot. So that's ridiculous. So that's why if you buy a car, you know, used like a year or so, then you're going to save a ridiculous amount. You know, um, part, of it's the, uh, part of it's also the warranty, depending on the car. But, um, 
you know, the big thing is just it depreciates so quickly. So you, you get something a couple years old, you know, you're, you're going to be much better off. Um, and that's what I did, and that's why I finally was able to justify uh, buying a Mercedes last year. And, you know, it's it's a great car. You also have to keep in mind, you know, the, uh, the, the insurance rate, your excise tax, and fueling costs and everything like that. You, know, you want to factor that all into your car purchase as well. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to get a truck or an SUV or something like that, obviously you're going to be paying, you know, a lot more for fuel. If you're getting a high-performance car, then you're going to be paying for, um, you know, 93 octane fuel for uh, high performance and to keep the engine clean. So, I mean, it's pretty negligible unless you're putting on like, you know, thousands of miles every month.